I, I never miss like I'm Steph Curry in the flesh. I don't care about the rest. The Rundown Podcast, that's the true test. But I don't care because I'm the best. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rundown Podcast. I'm your host, John Brinell, and my co-host, Ben Goldring. Ben, how are you? You know that feeling when finals is just kicking your ass and you just want to die, but you can't because you have to finish off your finals first? You know that feeling? Yeah, I know That's that feeling. That's me right now. It is, uh, we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo. We are joined by a very special guest today. It's Alex Conley on the podcast. Alex, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I guess you just said finals yeah. suck. But, <laughs> yeah. Good, good. What, uh, what brings you here this weekend, Conley? Um, essentially, because I'm in grad school right now, so uh, I had to, because I'm finishing up my master's, I had to, def- basically what you have to do at the end of my program is defend your thesis, which you do like pretty early. So I did that like a week and a half ago, and then I was just basically done. So I'm like, oh, I have all this free time. Why don't I schedule a bunch of cool things? Until the point where I accidentally scheduled everything and then I, I had no because I was gonna I was talking to Hughes and I was like oh when should I come up and he didn't respond for you know two weeks or something so, <laughs> until yeah yeah Hughes but um and then so he was like yeah you should totally should come up and I look at my schedule I'm like uh, you guys are at beach week before I have another open day so I'm just driving driving up today very briefly one last Jamie send off a bunch of seniors and stuff that I'm friends with still because don't won't have too too many people left here after this class graduates and then driving down to Charlotte Airport to go to Orlando tomorrow. So. Nice, nice. And I understand you you went back and listened to all the episodes on the rundown. How many times did you say you were referenced? Um, I have a list on my phone, but not like all but I did it once. By the time when I texted you it was like thirty three or something. <laughs> it was awesome. It was it was yeah. And I tried to do separate instances, not like one story. But yeah, um I, I was down for uh, March Madness weekend, right? Yeah. Was, and I was a little intoxicated talking to John, <laughs> and I pretended to be all aggressive. I was like, John, why the hell have you not invited me? Yeah. And he was like, do you not listen? We said it like, <laughs> multiple times. And then I felt super bad, and I was like, okay, now I, I have to go back and listen. And you were, I was proven wrong. I was asked a couple times. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Multiple but, times. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great to finally have you on the podcast, and so... Connolly, for the people that might not know you, just introduce yourself, and to add to it, what was your favorite event to do in track? Who I am, my name is Alex Connolly, hi. I graduated in 2020, and I was the president that year, and I've been on the team since my freshman year, so I joined as a freshman. Uh, my favorite event in track would have to be that, without a doubt, I am the originator of the 4 iPhone. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. I was very when I heard you guys talking about it, I was super happy that Dominic kept it because that was my name created it. Different events though. What, what was your four fun? For our for our home meet, it was dizzy bat where you spun around ten times and ran the first term. The backstretch I think was uh, like run backwards. Run backwards. Okay. Then the second turn was piggyback. And then we ended... Yeah. The third the, leg carries the second leg. Yeah, and then it, it was a... The fourth leg always changes, but this one was a crab walk. Okay. Sometimes it becomes like a bear crawl, but it's normally like one of those. We did a log roll, I think, once, which was really weird. The original 4 by fun was first leg fast walked, second leg uh, egg and spoon, right? Like, like hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Had to go across. <laughs> uh, then uh, third leg skipped and jumped on the back of the back stretch for piggyback. So uh, we did, we were doing that for our home meet, but that was the one that got turned into the executational. 
So, yeah. so it was just us against us. So, <laughs> so we, I thought it'd be really fun for all the, everyone to do the four by five, and it was just us. But it's still fun. Yeah. It's still fun. Did you ever, did you ever get to race against Clavo in a four by five? Because he said he's the pro. At yeah, I heard he's the best, but I don't know. My senior year as president <laughs> track, I only ran two events, and because we only had one meet, I mean COVID. But I only ran two events, and it was the potato sack relay and the potato sack dash. <laughs> so, and my potato sack relay won the whole thing. So mm. I, I don't know what Clay was doing, but I could have beaten him probably. I think we need to have this square off tonight. Connolly's <laughs> team and Clavo's team yeah. face off, and then they, they just run it all. Four yeah, four. that's fine. I can beat him. All right, so you graduated, like you said, in 2020. So what's adult-like been for you, I guess, grad school in your case? Yeah, I'm not an adult. That's <laughs> not. Te- uh, I'm just never leaving school. So grad school is just a step up, essentially, from undergrad where – I drink less and I do more schoolwork, but I'm still a college student. Still don't have money, so it's very similar. Yeah, but how, different I mean, group. So yeah, I was about to say, what were sort of similarities from grad school at JMU? Well, see, JMU is very different from Wake Forest, where I go. I mean, even undergrad, like, like they're they're not as uh, party heavy as we are at JMU. There's no point, and it's smaller, so. I would say that, I mean, the similarities are just the, me and the way I act, you know, like yeah. just like I have similar friend groups, but it's different because grad school is like a step up and Wake Forest is a step down as far as party is concerned. Yeah. So, but I mean, I still drink, go to bars and stuff, but not like here. What, what do you study? Uh, psychology. Nice. I'll get my master's in psychology in a week, two, a week and a half, something like that. All right. I saw that you were going to Bowling Green. Bowling Green State University, yeah, for clinical psychology with a focus on gambling addiction. Oh, so, no. <laughs> always good. Probably need that for Hughes. Hughes. Tate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tate's fine. Hughes, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I've been gambling with Hughes since I basically met him. He, I basically started gambling with Hughes. So, uh, uh, Tate's Tate's better than uh, than Hughes. As far as probably, yeah, I, I I have no doubt that if if Tate wanted to hang it up, he could. I don't know about Hughes. <laughs> so then, who's the better gambler between you two? You or Hughes? Well, what's your definition of better? <clears throat> Let's start with the basics. Who gets more money back? <laughs> Probably <laughs> me. I'm general, I'm safer than Hughes is. So, especially now. Back then, not as much. I was very, like, that. it was Hughes. Like, Hughes lost less than I did at a point. But, so, I don't know. It, it changes. But uh, you mentioned psychology. What exactly do you want to do like after you finish graduate school? Yeah, so after master's, I'm going, as we said, Bowling Green. Um, I will be getting my clinical doctorate, and then probably – I had an internship this summer in Arizona where I worked with a bunch of gambling uh, intake patients who basically their addiction was so bad they had to go to rehab for month, and I was there working with them and stuff. So that was awesome. So probably something of that uh, – clinical director or something of a rehab center or something like that. I have four or five more years left, so I'm not going to focus exactly what I'm going to do, but something in the gambling addiction research slash treatment field. Mm. So how long are you going to be at Bowling Green for? Like, How long will that be? Yeah, uh, it's four years normally, and then a fifth year that is an internship year, where essentially how a lot of PhDs, especially clinical are, is you do four years of like class and coursework and clinical stuff that's around the campus, and then you'll put it in a spot for an internship and it could be anywhere in the country. Like, so I don't know where I'll be that fifth year. I could still be in Ohio. I could come down here. It could be anywhere, but so I'll probably be Dr. Connolly within five years. Five and a half. Nice. 
And so kind of transitioning out of that to talking about your time on the team. So you said you joined when you were a freshman. So, I mean, lay it all out. I mean, what, what was it like joining the team when you were a freshman? Well, start story. I, I, people my age would know this, but there's a, you could point to one person as the reason that I joined the team, and that's Brittany Bell, because we were in the same ESCOM class for freshman year. And I was deciding whether I wanted to do Club Ultimate Frisbee or Club Cross Country. And I hate running, like absolutely despise running. And I stopped essentially trying to work over, but I stopped giving my all uh, around sophomore year of, sophomore, junior year of high school and transitioned into more of like a helping other people role because I like socially running and such, but I just, I just could never tap into that race thing. So I would race, but not do very well. And um, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. and. We had to give, in our ESCOM class, we had to give presentations, like a five-minute speech about yourself, right? And I think it was the second or third day, and I went, and two people later, Brittany went. And we were supposed to give, we're supposed, we bring three things in, you're supposed to tell, like, tell a story about you. And Brittany and I almost had the identical three objects. I don't remember exactly, but we both brought in a watch from our coach like, and talk cross-country. So she stands up, like, two people after me, and was like, guys, I swear to God I didn't copy his speech, but it's, like, the same as mine, and, you know, people laugh. And so afterwards, I went up to her, and we kind of talked. She's like, oh, I do the club cross-country. Like, you should join. And I was like, oh, maybe, like, give me your number, and I'll ask and stuff. So she gave me her number, and then I was like, hey, where is it kind of thing, and I went. And the very first practice I went to, um, again, I hate running. I am a social jogger. If you've ever heard that term on the team, I also coined that term. But <laughs> I Googled that to make sure that no one had used it before. And you know, But I went, and I ran with this senior who uh, named Shaggy. You might have heard of yeah. before. And we were running, and he was like, oh, who are you? Like, tell us about yourself kind of thing. Like, when we were just running, I was like, yeah, I hate running. Like, I don't know why I'm here. I just love socializing. He's like, dude, every time, every senior, that becomes them. So you're already ahead of the game. You're a freshman. It's cool. I was like, oh, these people are kind of cool. And then I went to the first cross-country party, and I pretty much never drank until that point, and then got super drunk. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is like, this place is cool. So I guess that sums up how I got on the team. Yeah. That answers like, your question. Yeah, I feel like that's a reflection of me because I remember I joined the team and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. And then I got drunk one night and I was like, God, these people are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but it's pretty much. Yeah. I have the, the, the exact same experience when I got drunk for the first time at Dom's. Yeah. Did, so did you go to the cross-country track meet set that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was pretty active. I just did social job. Yeah. I know uh, same sort of uh, shaggy, but it was regionals. And we – it was in Pennsylvania – and we drove up and I was in, there was two cars that were driven by male seniors who were just booking the gas and whatnot. And there was, I think there was two cars way behind us and one of the cars got a flat tire. And so they called and like, hey, and so we, we pulled over and they're like, hey, this happened. Like, we're gonna go back for them. Like, what do you, and we're like, they're like, we're so close to the hotel. We're just going, we're going. And, I was, and they're like, okay, we'll meet you there. So they turned off and they're like, I think it was Shaggy, was like, I need a fucking drink because they had to like deal with it and stuff. So they went, bought a bunch of beer and stuff. Uh, we'd gone to, I think it was Olive Garden for dinner and it just got a ton of food to bring back with us. And uh, I don't remember who all was in the car. Was, I think it was all in, in there was two rooms, but in my room, I was sharing a bed with Grant Showalter, also a freshman at the time. Yeah. So the two of us and then three seniors. And actually it was two seniors and Tyler Groves. And they and I, Grant and I each had a bottle of wine and passed out, like completely passed out. Like neither of us drank that much. He drank more than I did, but passed out. And they each had like twelve beers each, 
like just the night before a race. <laughs> and oh, I missed. But um, before that, we got to the hotel. It's like 11.45, midnight. We're all exhausted. We had to keep stopping and try and see if the people, whatever. We're ready to drink. We get there. We pull out. The UVA team is at the same hotel. And they're coming out, and they're like, hey, we're going for a midnight run. Do you guys want to join? <laughs> and we're like, oh, no, we're good, and went and drank. And that was the difference between the two teams, essentially. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, one of my friends, Cam, his brother was the president of the UVA team that time. So we knew each other well. But we went up, drank, whatever. Grant and I passed out. They each had like 12 beers. Um, they then, throughout the night, put ravioli on our faces, me and Grant. In which I had no recollection of. We were asleep. We had no idea. And when they told us the next day, because we felt like sauce on our chin. <laughs> and they showed us pictures of just ravioli on our faces. <laughs> and then during the race, I was hungover. Shaggy was super hungover. And we jogged in the back the whole time together, just like freshman, senior. And I remember actually, because there were jokes, because this is the beginning of Bro Night, like right around that time. Well, a little before that. And so they had always joked about Bro Night. And then I thought it was like a 21-year-old. Like they go to bars. Like that's what they did at the time. And so the entire race, I was like, this is my application for Bro Night, Shaggy, like joking, which apparently they all thought was really obnoxious and didn't appreciate. But um, anyways, we're like running together and just he's about to puke. Like we're both struggling. We're running through it. And we're, I, I'm like, there's a finish. I'm like, are we sprinting the finish? He's like, fuck no, dude. We're jogging. I'm like, okay, cool. And we go up and then Cam comes out and he goes, J, M, U. And then we, both of us went, fuck, and then just sprinted the finish. <laughs> and I think he might have puked because I don't remember. Maybe he didn't, but... So, uh, yeah, that was the first meet. So, or second, I guess. But I participated in a lot of the meets, but never in an attempt to win. You called yourself a social jogger. Mm -hmm. Your sophomore year, you were the social chair. Yes. So, kind of talk about what that experience is like and why uh, social chair specifically did you run for? Yeah, so that year was the year that they invented the uh, uh, upperclassmen could only do the core four rule because my freshman year our vice president was a sophomore and they were like and she also ran for president and stuff and you know she did a nice job they're like it'll just be a lot easier let's just make upper class from the core four so there's only three positions to run for i didn't want to be race director because i like i, I don't care about races very much <laughs> like, i'm just there so i didn't want to do community service chair because um it wasn't really my thing i don't really care and i had called myself that year the freshman chair because that year there was a really big divide between the freshmen and the upperclassmen. I can't really remember, but it was like, I, I think it was because our class was weird. I really think like we were just scrubs and we'd get super drunk at every party and they had to, have to take care of us. So I think that's kind of, but so there's a weird divide. And I was basically, for the first couple of months, the only freshman who really talked to the upperclassmen. And so the upperclassmen knew me the best of the freshmen. So I was like, oh, I'm freshman chair. because. If there's ever a mixer, all the freshmen would roll up together and like I'd be the first to knock on the door and stuff. So I thought I had a decent skill set for uh, social. And it was just, I think it was me and Nick Slater that were going to run, but Nick had just won Treasurer. So it was just me, but then Grant <coughs> was like a last second addition because he was like, oh, we should just have a competition because he was already doing another event. So it was me versus Grant. I think I won narrowly. But so yeah, that's how I became social chair. Yeah, and talk about sort of your, your time as social chair. Yeah, social chair is tough. Like, just because there's a lot to do. Um, it's a good job, though. Uh, I'm, I'm not a mixer guy. You know, there's the whole mixer versus team parties. I never was a mixer guy, so I'm sure if you ask anyone from my, my social year thing, they said the mixers were probably awful because I wasn't very good at wow. planning. Like, they were fine. They were average, mediocre, but nothing special. Um, I like team parties is what I specialized in. So I did, um, 
like beer Olympics. The first time we ever did beer Olympics was my year. Like I was like, oh, we should do this. Like and brought it to the team. Uh, previous to that year, Franzia was an invite event, not a team event. And then I made a team event because like the year before my freshman year, it was the cross country team. It was the cross country team essentially, but it was just the organizers and our social chair wasn't invited to it. So like we had this, the Franzia and I was one of the only freshmen that went, well invited. Oh, I guess there's like four of us that went and it was pretty much the guys and then like Allie Gleason, a couple, maybe one or two girls. But, um, so yeah, team, so I, I was big with team bars and making, um, Beer Olympics a thing and making Franzia more team related and that. And I think the social aspect I was pretty good at because I love everyone. I love talking to everyone. Social media I also kind of sucked. So <laughs> the guy who who then the next year when I was president, BJ became social chair and he was significantly better than me at both jobs. So I was fine. As I said, I was pretty average. I think I was a better exec member than I was necessarily a social chair because I think I was good in having like and being mediator in some roles or in uh like talking bringing up ideas or how or doing this or help leading the team in certain aspects i was a better leader than necessarily social chair but i don't know if there's another role that would have fit and the next year of course you became president mm -hmm. who did you run against no one nope. yeah it was because amani was president my sophomore year mm -hmm. and then she's like who's going to be president and we're all like no, no, no one wants to do this because it sucked. Armani had a really, really tough presidency and she was really good at certain aspects but she complained about it all the time. So it didn't paint, it didn't paint the presidency as something that you wanted to do. And it was a ton of work. It was all this stuff and, you know, um, and so no one wanted to do it. And I guess it was like Ali could have, Ali Gleason, Frank could have, but then he got kicked off exec <laughs> yeah. uh, not long after. So uh, he could have done it. Ali could have done it. Nick Slater could have done it, but he decided he didn't want to focus on it. And that basically left me and Caroline, who we decided that I would be the much better president to her vice president. Yeah. And so we both, I think she did have to run against someone, but it, I think it was Evan Tunador actually, the shoe she ran against, but she won that, I think, pretty handily. And then, because she's a lot better of a um, in the background kind of person, where I'm the obnoxious, like, talk to everyone, Vocals do all this. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's puppet, it's fine. But like, what's um, Caroline, Caroline, what's her last name? Outlaw. Outlaw, okay. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the vice president. Um, one thing about social chair that I'll get back to was I was going to say, but um, my first semester of social chair was tough because I was trying to plan all these things, but I had 21 credits at the time. So I only came to practice like once a week because I was at class every other day. So uh, I didn't really know the team that well, which made it a little tougher to be social chair. Yeah, but then spring yeah. one was fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you became president. I mean, when you stepped in the role, I mean, what sort of vision did you have for the team? My speech was about how, even, like, I still gave a speech, even though I was running against myself, but about how we were going to try and make the uh, the team more competitive, which which it did. I mean, it, it, it's been on an upward trend since, I mean, since probably Monty's year. But, um, uh, unfortunately, Grant got injured halfway through the summer, I think. And my other exec members were not particularly fast at the time. Uh, BJ actually was the fastest, but he was a sprinter up until that point, essentially. So we didn't know how fast he actually was. But so we didn't really have an exec member to lead the top group, which made it tougher to, to put that vision. But I just wanted a super cohesive team of like everyone being super close friends, you know, guys and girls and everyone just being a super tight team, which I think we did a pretty decent job in the COVID. But yeah. And I mean, what sort of, because I hear all the time, you know, Connolly, he did so much for the team. He brought so many different things to the table. What sort of things did you do in that year? 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, talk to people. I mean, I, I really think it's as simple as I got to know everyone. Like, I would make it my mission basically at the first couple practices to know every freshman's name. And, like, and I'm awful with names. So I was like, all the time and give someone that every single one of the freshmen could reach out to they felt comfortable with that had like a leadership-ish role, which I think made it a more, an easier team to join maybe, I don't know. Um, I tried to do certain, like, I mean, as I said, Beer Olympics and, and four by fun and add a layer of fun to the team besides just running, because no one, all of us just running, the team would become a lot smaller, right? Because there are people that would just run, but the fun aspect brings everyone together with the running, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I think probably it was just me talking to everyone because, you know, uh, John Fritz, who's my roommate, he used to say uh, that if Alex Connolly is one of your top five friends on the team, you need to get more friends, is what he said, <laughs> because I would just talk to everyone. Like, I was just, every single person I would, you know, be friends with and joke with and, because I really, I really like pretty much everyone. So, I, I would say just a social aspect of just comfort, maybe. The year you were president, that was the year it got cut short due to COVID. I mean, what yeah. was that like for the team? I mean, I, like, like every other organization. I mean, I was the head of an organization in a sense, in that I'm sitting at home and boom, now you know we're supposed to go to meet next week. Well, I guess we can't go to that. I mean, like, classes can't like. We're not going to class. Are we supposed to? And so it was just trying to figure out, and everyone's already paid dues, and we've already had one meeting. What, are we supposed to give dues refunds? Are we supposed to do this? Like, what about merch? Merch hasn't come in yet, and we're getting this and this. So it was all, it was a bunch of chaos, and thankfully, we did elections the week before senior, uh, before um, spring break, which is super fortunate, because I don't know what we would have, like, elections would have been so much tougher to have done right after COVID had hit in the entire semester. So we're very, very fortunate that we got that as early as we did. Yeah. Yeah, and th there was a uh, a COVID uh, beach week that year. You guys, yeah. were going, how, what was that like? Just get back because I heard like that was like the first time you'd seen everybody in like months. Yeah, essentially, we I, like we went to uh, Sunset Grill and we sat down. I think it was Annie Kay that was like, I haven't been in a restaurant in like, three months. This is just really weird because North like the Outer Banks in that brief amount of time that we went decided COVID, COVID didn't exist for a brief amount of time. And that's when we went. Yeah. So because it was still right in the midst of it and stuff. Probably not our smartest decision, but we had a very strong, close senior class that was like, I want my last beach week. Like we put all this, like we want to do our last beach week. So it was a much, much smaller group. But I mean, I've heard people here say, I mean, anyone that went to that beach week will tell you how different it was just because it was 20 people and not really clicks because you all had to become pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, since then you, you graduated and I mean, you've still been around, though. I mean, what what's it like coming back as an alumni and being around the team? At this point, I've come back too many times. <laughs> I, I'm sure that there's – I know there's someone who's listening to this right now that is like, God, Alex Connolly's back again. Though, <laughs> in retro, it actually hasn't been that many, and yeah. we have to think that um, – I actually – because I my family's home is in York, Pennsylvania, and I'm at Wake Forest, and if you GPS it, the halfway point is JMU. So a lot of the times I've come visit, it's because I'm driving home or I'm driving to JMU. So, um, I mean, it's weird because it's, it, it will always be a little weird because you sit here and you have the very cliche of the memories coming rushing back kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, 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 uh, my girlfriend now and I, we drove up, uh, to my house, like in Pennsylvania, I took her on a quick tour and was like telling her all these stories that she probably didn't care anything about and just <laughs> sat there and listened and didn't understand. I was like, Oh, here's where Jack Hughes lives. Here's where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those moments of Colin just rambling and rambling. It happens, yeah. It's, it's very frequent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Conley, you, you've mentioned you have a ton of stories. So what are some of your favorite memories from while you were on the team? 
Oh, there's a lot. I guess the first story I want to share is because I've there's some things that I've heard on this podcast that there's no origin with, and I want to share the origin, you know. And so one of the one big fundamental origin thing for something that a lot of the guys do at Bro Night was the creation of fun baseball, because. I am one of the godfathers, the, the you know founding fathers, not godfathers, my bad. Founding fathers <laughs> God, of the godfather of uh, yeah of fun baseball, along with Jack Hughes, yeah. because we decided uh, that year is 2019 fall, no 2018 fall, yeah, and JMU no it's 2019. JMU played uh, West Virginia in football at West Virginia, so we went and we. Uh, we were driving there late. It was the game on Saturday night. We went up Friday night, and we decided to uh, like let's come up with a game. Like, what what should we do? And you know, baseball's on, and it was Red Sox Angels, and we're like, oh, let's make a game. Like every time this te- like j- join a team, it was me and Hughes on Angels, and John Fritz, Tyler Groves, and Eric, who was Tyler's roommate at the time, were all on Red Sox, and we were on Angels. Get there. And we'd set the rule because we were going to get there a little late. And so we got there, and we, Hughes and I were down 3-0 or something. So we, we each had to take, like, three shots yeah. right off the bat when we got there. And then they ordered – like, we ordered pizza, and the pizza came right as they had to take, like, three shots. So then it became real back and forth, went to extra innings, went to the 15th or 16th inning. Oh um, I counted – I don't want to exaggerate. I'm going to say 15 shots. I don't know. I could go back and count. But a lot of shots – a lot of videos from that night. Eric completely fell asleep and didn't finish the game. Um, John was doing shotgunning instead of shots. So he had just an, almost like half a case of just shotguns he had done. Um, I puked three times that night. Um, it was just brutal. We woke up the next day, miserable, went to the wake, uh, um, West Virginia tailgate. West, West Virginia fans, awesome. Loved the party in Morgantown. And they gave us uh, – like it was their tailgates have bartenders in which they don't check your IDs. So Hughes and I were both, maybe, I don't know what age we were, let's just say. <laughs> and we went up and um, and they were just like pour us drinks. And like it was jungle and we're getting pretty drunk. We go to the game, pretty drunk, pretty boring game, but we were drunk, so we didn't really care. We lose, because Ben Nucci threw a pick at the end or something like that. Mm. And we come back and um, we go back to the tailgate and the bartender is like, ah, oh, you guys lost, like, come on, you gotta drink more kind of thing. And just poured us like heavy drinks and Tyler looks in the eye and is like, that's not enough. So he just looks at him and just pours. <laughs> and then we just drank and drank and drank <laughs> and just excessive amounts. And there's a video of me just like randomly trying to get a dog to pet me and have no idea where I am. We walk back like three miles back to our place, find a golden corral. Don's asleep and it was just Eric Hughes in the golden corral bathroom. It was just, <laughs> but, and then that, that was like, because that was a good course out of like bro night at that point. Yeah. And then we had others. Because then, then we went to Frisco that same year. Yeah. Uh, that Jack's, was a big trip. Yeah. Yeah. That was 12 of us in a van. Yeah. I drove the like 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. shift or something. Because oh, we drove through. We didn't stop. Yeah. We, we started drove through the night. So wow. Grant and I switched off at, uh, after midnight. Like cool. I drove and then he drove us to breakfast. So explain so. for those who may not know, what are the rules for fun baseball? For those okay. that may never heard of it. Yeah. So if you haven't played, you're probably good for you, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the way we had it originally was you each take a team. So in the previous example, I was on Angels with Hughes, and then my other friends were on Red Sox. Uh, every time the Red Sox scored a run, we would have to take a shot as the Angels fans. Every time the Angels ran, uh, scored a run, Red Sox would take a shot. We did it. I think there was a 
two minutes per shot. Like if it was multiple shots at once, you had two minutes in each one or something, or 10 total maybe, 10 minutes total, do all your shots. Uh, and then the rule, and if there was no run scored, which happened a lot in that extra inning game, it would be a, um, everyone takes a shot, everyone on the team. Uh, we also had a rule that has since been scrapped or not used very often, where if you, sh- uh, the, however much you lost by, you have to do that many shotguns. <laughs> so that was the initial rule. And then there would be played the second time we played a third time, it was a playoff game in which Hughes on the Nationals, they lost like 8-1, and it was like, there's no point to make you do this. And, uh, and then we've since added the rule of, if it's a home run, it's one plus whatever the number is. So that's a change. And then Beach Week that year, because we didn't have real baseball to do it, is when we decided, either Hughes or I, I don't remember who, it was either Hughes or I decided to do it at 5.30, which is Korean baseball. Yeah. And that, that was, it was, me and Hughes were definitely on Kia. And <laughs> there was course. a different game we were supposed to choose. We were supposed to do a team, and we ended up not doing that because, oh, we didn't have the VPN or something. There's only one game we could watch. So we had to do a different game, and we went on Kia, and almost everyone else went on. I think it was the Doosan Bears. It was just me. Nate might have been with us. It was just me and Hughes. And that was where Kia was born because no one had ever heard it. Like, you know, it wasn't a thing. And then we're, we're like, and, you know, I didn't go to bed that night. So was, I decided to wake everyone up. It would be my job. So I stayed up the entire night and then had no sleep. 5.30, I was like, all right, let's go. Um, woke everyone up. We, we started up. And... You know, four shots in, we're super drunk because it's yeah. five thirty in the morning. Yeah. By seven, we were all like eight shots deep. So seven a.m. But so we're sitting there, and Hughes pulls me aside. Maybe there's one other person on our team, but maybe it was Eric. I don't know. But he was like, Alex, we need a chant because we were losing. He's like, we need to hype it up. So that's when Kia came <laughs> because I think I think he was like, I'm gonna yell Kukukuk and you yell Kia, or maybe it was flipped. I don't remember. And so yeah. we created that. And then, you know, last week when I came, last year when I came to Beach Week briefly, it was funny to see it all be a thing again after, yeah. you know, that still has carried on. No, I had no idea Burn Night started off because of uh, fun baseball. No, 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 I'm sorry. Or like the origin. Or- the origin of Burn Night actually, uh, I, I meant more like our particular group, like like that was the core members of Burn Night oh, that, okay. that went on that trip and then did other trips. Um, the origins of Burn Night actually was, let's see. I graduated high school in 2017. It was about 2016-ish, probably, that started. And it, because, I don't know the exact, Tyler Groves will be able to tell a little better, but it was all the seniors that year. And they all, um, they would all just go to bars. And they'd hang out, and they'd just call it bro night. Like, that was, it was just go to bars, and um, go to bars, drink a lot, you know, do whatever, play birio, stuff like that, whatever. And... She called it bro night and they had three rules of bro night which at the time were you have to it would be every thursday night and you had to go unless you were in the hospital you had really important schoolwork or you're having sex if, there, <laughs> if it wasn't one of those three you had to be there those rules died fairly quickly after but th- then they kind of sat down in early spring semester and was like wait we're all graduating except for tyler groves so he has no friends like we're all his <laughs> friends essentially so they decided to do the first ever bro night initiation in which they asked, uh, they told five uh, male freshmen about, hey, we want to initiate you in a bro night. And it was myself, Court Warfield, who hasn't been on the team in a while, Cole Kerms, you might know, mm-hmm. Grant Showalter, and Frank Jackson. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the five who were chosen. And, we, and they kept texting us like, get ready, like, this night's going to be crazy. Like, and then it would also, but then it would also say stuff like, but remember, 
we're not going to make you do anything. Like, like if you don't want to, you don't have to, okay? So I'm like, okay, cool. And so they, Shaggy and Tyler pick us up, take us back to the goat house, mm-hmm. and which the, that name has been around for so long for yeah. the house. But um, we get there, and that's where all the other members of Road Night pretty much lived. So take us there, and they look at me and like, remember, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. And he was kind of smiling, and I'm like, okay, what's, like, something's about to come up. So we walk in, and Cole Bradley, who was the grad student at the time, had just finished laying down five things of white powder. Five lines. He had set up five lines, one for each of us, is what he did. So he, he gets, and, and then Garrett was, like, basically, I remember Frank would tell this, and I didn't notice at the time, but after we moved in, he kind of moved in front of the door, completely accidentally, but, like, hands over. So you look up, it's, it, they had lights, but, like, colored lights, and it was all, so it was very dark at night, Thursday, all these upperclassmen who you know you want to please because it's like you want to be part of this team yeah. are looking and it's like, all right, who's first? And we're all looking at it and I'm like, there's no, they wouldn't tell, like there's no way kind of thing. And Cole was also looking weird. Grant started freaking out. He's like, I'm not doing effing Coke. I refuse, I'm not doing it. And Cole Kerm's like tasting it like sugar or something. Like <laughs> but it was just a funny like thing, but I didn't think they were going to do it, but it was like, oh my God. So, and then we did a bunch of drinking and roulette and stuff like that, and fun. But that's how Bro Night kind of started. Like, like I, I was the class after Bro Night started, essentially. So, and it's been around since, yeah. evidently. I thought COVID would kill it, but evidently not. Yeah. It's yeah. stronger yeah. than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ben and I are both initiated. We got uh-huh. initiated in last, last semester. Anyone who is at 2020 Beach Week might want to uh, fast forward because they've heard these two stories. <laughs> But here's two great Beach Week stories that year about other things that happened in the team. One is just making fun of myself. One is a big thing. But I feel like it's I, – I have to mention the origin of spades. I oh, feel like that's a fair oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know this because yeah, I've heard this though. This I'm is a good one. Spades yeah. now. I'm yeah. So, spades for life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was – so starting back, so it was COVID – Beach Week 2020. So 2019 Beach Week, one of our own, we had very few seniors that year. Uh, one of them was Brett. He was the only guy senior. And he, we were all close with him at Bro Night and stuff. And he was a big poker player. And we were, he's like, yeah, let's play this game called Horse Race. And none of us ever played it. So we explained the rules. Should I explain the horse race? Horse race, horse race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very briefly. So you set up um, the four, you do a pack of deck of cards, set up four aces, the four aces like in a row and then make an L with seven other cards face down. Everyone takes a horse, so they bet on it. Uh, I, for one, always go spades. I say like five seconds in spades, take five sips, five seconds, whatever. Uh, then you flip over cards and then whatever suit is flipped over, that card moves up one. Once every horse has passed the card on the left, it gets flipped over and whatever suit it is moves back one. Whoever wins, everyone there gets a double all their seconds. And then dish it out to whoever they want, essentially. Yeah. As a short, abbreviated version. So we explained, we're like, wait, this game is super duper fun. This is awesome. So we played a couple of times, you know, and then during, and that beach week, I was always in spades. Always. I In my entire horse race career, I've never not chosen spades. My entire career. And so I chose spades, and I think it was like, I think also the only other person who has never not chosen spades is actually Alec Toman. Alec, it was Alec and me, I think, at the beginning. He might have mixed up a couple in the beginning. It was Alec and myself. And then Hughes was like, Spades looks really fun. I'm going to join them. <laughs> so he joined over. It was basically the three of us that beach week. Didn't play that much, you know. Then at Frisco, we played. And Hughes and I were on Spades. And Spades was unstoppable. We just couldn't lose. So we're like, oh, Spades forever, you know. Come down to beach week. And we're like, oh, first night, let's play. And the theme of that beach week really was 
was uh, horse race related. And Hughes and I had this plan where he bought shirts, bought three white shirts because it just came in a pack of three, and we made spades t-shirts, in which we drew a spade on it, though mine was very awfully drawn. But, and I was the king of spades because I always was really full of myself and referred to myself as the king that year. <laughs> and Jack was the jack of spades. So, and I drew a big J and K, and, you know, and so we were that. And we had one more, and John, my roommate at the time, was like, dude, I'm, I'm all in on spades. <laughs> all in. So we made him the ace of spades. So we did that, and we put our shirts on and stuff. And so it was, we started, and we lost in the beginning. We lost a decent amount. Um, and, the, and Tyler Gandy also joined us. So it was the four of us were on spades, and everyone was pretty much against us. And... At the time, we were the most obnoxious. I mean, Jack and me by ourselves, and then John and Gandhi yeah. also added. We were the most obnoxious. So, and people would go against us, especially my biggest rival at JMU, and you can ask himself, is Nick Slater. And I pretty much beat Nick Slater at everything, right? <laughs> That's a team event. Or Smash. Those are basically, he is superior to me in like every other way. Anything athletic, he would kick my butt. But if we were ever, like we would be, when he was treasurer and I was um, social chair, we would be the two captains of of, of uh, Capture the Flag, which is when Capture the Flag became really big. And it would be him versus me, and like I would always win. Or the executational, my team won. Like, so I like giving Nick a lot of heck for that. So he was always on hearts, just as I was always on spades and always on hearts, which is where spades and hearts grew their big rivalry because me and Nick. And he would... And so he would target us. And hearts won a lot to start. So we were getting a lot. I mean, one of the nights I had 120 seconds to do. You know, like there's just like a lot. We were just getting absolutely bombarded spades. We're like, oh, we'll win one. All right. And we started marking on our shirts how many we'd lose. So over the first five days, we lost 21 in a row. Spades did not win a game 21 times in a row, which is like mathematically very unlikely. I mean, yeah. Everyone has a 25% chance. At one point during it, I think it was Katie and maybe Gabby were being super smart and would steal a spade. Just because, you know, they wanted to go. And it were, I mean, we didn't notice it. It probably only hampered like three games, but still. Always lose, always lose, whatever. We finally win one. Big thing. Jack's like, I think I'm going to retire. I'm like, Jack, you can't retire. It's a big thing. Then he decided he was going to make a documentary about space. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if either of you have seen it. I've watched it. Yeah. Great. Well, so he wants to make the documentary. And we're like, yeah, oh, this is great, whatever. Last night at Beach Week, we'd already done a bunch of the interviews. Uh, I was drunk during them, and he would be the cameraman, and I'd ask basically all the questions. And I was just add to the big questions, and just, I was very drunk. And so, you've seen it, that was a lot of that day. Yeah. But, and then, last day of Beach Week, last night, we're like, let's play some horse race. And Jack Hughes stands up and is like, I'm going, like, beer, beer bong on spades until we win. Oh, very simple. Beer ball on spades. And up until that, we had lost 21 straight, then won two in a row and hadn't played since, essentially. Or maybe we lost one more, but whatever. Shaka and the, the documentary was already being made, like all this, but beer ball on spades. After 15 straight losses, we cut them off. <laughs> we're like, and he's annoying, and we're like, Hughes, dude, you've had 15 beer bongs. Like, I'm sorry. And John was pouring for him, and John was getting rid of all the phone. A phone, like he was to make sure Hughes didn't have like a full foam beer every time. Like, oh but God. still, he was doing all that, and and he would disappear, and we'd be like, "Is Hughes good?" And then we just hear echoing up the stairs, "Beer bong on spades," <laughs> and like you know, so I kind of like pull him over, and my hope was that we would go until we won, and went to twenty one to see if we could have another longer. So over twenty one, win two, and now we're over fifteen. So I'm like, we gotta go to twenty one. 
And this is a lot of horse race in one night. 15 games is a yeah. lot of horse race. And people were now feeling bad for Jack. Like, and, and I was taking shots and John and Gandy and we're all, you know. But he, uh, Hughes goes outside and essentially pretty much cries. He's pretty much sitting there like, <laughs> like this is terrible, like, life sucks. And he's like, um, he's like, I'm canceling the documentary. I'm canceling it. I'm like, Hughes, we already... And he's like, no, it doesn't matter. It's rigged against us. Like, it's, it's, and it was just like super... I'm like, Hughes, it's okay. Like, we, and then we played two more games, I think. And Tyler looks at me and he's like, dude, we're bored at this point. We're bored. Like, we've played 17 games. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. Totally, like, 100%. Let's do one more. I'm going to call it. And he's like, okay, cool. So he's like, all right, guys, last game. He's like, Hughes, you can split the deck. Like, you know, he's, and Hughes is so drunk. And he, he gets up and starts doing a speech, as we know Hughes oh, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he did the exact count to how many hours of beach week we're left. So he's like, the party doesn't stop. And we're all like, Hughes, what's going on? Like, <laughs> but, and we get down and we do the last game and Spades wins. Like the very last game we played, so which made the legend like that much more because we went 0 and 21, win two, 0 and 18, win one, or something like that. Yeah. And it was just we hung our shirts on the rafters, like a <laughs> big party. Everyone's like, "Thank God it's finally over." <laughs> and then we we're supposed to have two parts of the documentary. The second part to just be that last, but the second thing fell apart because I don't, some of us, including myself, never sent in our videos. Oh. But but the first one did, and and that was great. That was uh, yeah. that's how Spade started. So. I've never not done spades, but I've heard that there's a lot of people on. That you're all bandwagon fans, essentially. You're like Lakers fans. Well, Celtics. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm new to the team. I had to join somebody. Yeah, so you joined the one that was the like most famous, essentially. I, well, they I lost. I just true. I joined them because I knew they lost the most, so mm-hmm. I was like, gotta go for the underdogs. I joined spades not knowing. <laughs> Any issue behind anything, I'm like, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing spades, screw you. The, the original point of horse race is for, like, everyone to jump around suits. Like, it's not supposed to be, like, <laughs> every, but then we, that year, just everyone had their suit, and by the end, it was like, you weren't switching. You had your diamonds, your gloves, yeah. your hearts, and your spade, and you didn't. Yeah. Only a few people ever switched, and they were often shunned if they switched. So, that's, and that was, like, that was, that was a big theme of that beach week, which, as, you know... People there are probably like, oh, he's telling the story again. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's already a documentary about it. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was the other Beach Week story you had? Oof. Okay, this is also one where um, anyone who I this one I was so drunk that I told so many times when it happened because it was crazy to me. And so anyone listening to this is groaning that had they already heard it. I apologize, <laughs> Skip. Like you've heard this story before. I know. I'm sorry, but they haven't. They haven't. So. So Beach Week 2019 comes, and so it was, and then myself, Nathan Dabney, I don't know if you guys ever met Nate. I met him. Love Nate. Nate, Christina Pelletier, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but um, the three of us, and then I think it was like Natalie and Chris Birmingham maybe, I don't remember, but we all went to uh, the store one day, and we decided to do like a big swap of drinks. Like each of the, I think it was Birmingham, Chris was the fourth, it was the four of us, we'd all grab a drink that we'd never tried before, and then we were all going to split it. So four different drinks that we're all, you know, and mine was awful, and I think Nate's was awful. We both got like IPAs that tasted awful, and uh, Christina grabbed these things called Cape Lines, which are like sparkling cocktails, and they were really good. And so the next year, COVID beats, we had to call up Nate and like, dude, I have a challenge for you. You and me, Christina, as the original Cape Line people, we're gonna do a Cape Line competition. Whoever can drink the most wins. Twelve hours. Oh, noon to midnight. Well, choose a day. It was grilled cheese day because I love drunk grilled cheese. So grilled cheese day at the beach. So it was the the um, just the three of us, and we're taking bets and whatever. And 
I think Nate was the favorite, and I was getting all upset because I thought I should be the favorite. <laughs> and not many people were taking Christina. Unfortunate. Um, and so we go up, and I'm ready. I'm competitive. And our rule was if you, you, if you puked within five minutes of finishing one, it didn't count. I think oh. it's what it was. The thing. So, and I'm I puke a ridiculous amount. That that beach week, if if for whatever reason my dad is listening to this, skip ahead. I don't want you to know this, but <laughs> um, that beach week I puked 15 times in the week. Like it was Ooh. like like my stomach yeah. lining's gone. It was I. That was my biggest problem with drinking. Um, but so that rule was made for me essentially. So at one point during our competition, I stopped. I finished it. Held myself for five minutes and then puked. Like just basically <laughs> counted until I was good. Um, but so we, so, you know, we each buy, I think we each buy 24, each buy two cases and like, okay, 12 hours, fine. Yeah, we can do 24, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're on the beach playing like beer. And we're just like, like, we did a power hour and I was up behind and then when I'm at the beach, I'm like trying to guzzle. We're playing beer, die, whatever. I finished my 12, but the, the, I only brought one pack to the beach. And I finished the first 12 at like 2 PM, let's say. No, it wasn't 12. So let's say 3 PM. So pretty fast, like we and, and they they had also almost finished, but they didn't have none of us had beer with us. And I'm like, I need to win this competition. So I decided to run back to the place to go get more beer. I run, and I'm so drunk. I'm think I like I'm saying out loud, I am speed. I am speed. <laughs> like I was. That was one of the drunkest ever. I mean, again, it was 12k blinds and maybe four, three o'clock in years, maybe four o'clock. I don't know, but it was before dinner, a decent amount. Um, and I'm like, I can do it. Like, I'm speed. I'm speed. I'm speed. Go. We had walked a long way to bring up the table, so we weren't around people because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know where the exit essentially was, so I ran past it. So I ran past it, came out, and most people, if you run, they, you go, you, you turn on, and you're like, oh, I don't know where I am. That's it. You then turn around. You go find where you were. Yeah. I was too drunk to realize this, so I just went straight. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I think right makes sense. I'm walking away from the house. Like now that I'm sober, no, I'm walking away from the house. And my phone had been missing for about 20 hours at that point. It was beach week. I didn't really care. I knew it was in the house somewhere, but I had no phone. Couldn't GPS my way back. Couldn't call anyone. Couldn't let them know where I am. 12 beers deep. We also were using Sharpie. So I had 12 hash marks (laughs) on my wrist. And so I'm walking like, I need to win. I need to win. Like I'm, I'm, you know, and I get so lost. I decide to hitchhike. So, which I think is illegal in North Carolina. So I hold out the hitchhiker's thumb, which I couldn't remember if it was up or left. So I was doing this, like back and forth, up, left, up, left, you know, just like on the side. Bunch of cars pass me, whatever. Car pulls up and stops. And I'm like, bet, hop in. It's a police officer. (laughs) So I hop into the car and he's like, he's like, uh... Where are you going? I think I think he told me that hitchhiking was illegal, and I don't really remember. And I was like, "Oh, hey, officer, what's up? <laughs> yeah, uh, my phone's missing, and I have no idea where I am. Like, where? And uh, it's been too long. If whatever the name of the sh- our street was, it was either Shad or Shaw. And I told him, it was, like, let's say it was Shad Street. I was like, "Oh, my house is on Shaw Street." And he's like, "There is no Shaw Street." I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's on Shaw Street. I don't know the number, but it's on Shaw Street. He's like, "You mean Shad?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so he then takes me there. And, um, takes me there, and I'm super, I'm just sitting here like, don't forget, I was 21, I was 21 at the time, but sitting there trying not to show my 12 marks, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I can't bring a cop back to Beach Week House. I don't want him to know where we are. Yeah. Now, no one was there, but still, in my head, in my very drunk head, I was like, I don't know. So I, so if the house is like, let's say it's, yeah, so I want about essentially 
two or three houses back and over the street. So like almost like an L. And I was like, this is our house. So I told him the wrong house. <laughs> and he's like, all right, go out and I'll wait here for you. Like to make sure you get in. I was like, oh, I'm good. He's like, no, 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 I'll wait for you. I'm like, oh shoot. So I go up and I knock. And my plan was legitimately to be like, hey, there's a cop outside. Can I come in for like two minutes? Which was literally my plan. Yeah. No one answered. I didn't try and get in, which is very wrong. Oh, it was locked. Thankfully, thankfully it was locked. Oh my lord! Um, and and I'm like, well, shoot. So I walk back. I'm like, sir, I'm sorry, but I totally lied to you. My house is up there. Like, I'm sorry. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, I just didn't want you. Like, I just didn't want to show a cop my house. I'm sorry. And he was like, have you been drinking? I was like, a little. He's like, how old are you? I was like, 21. He's like, okay, well. Where's your house? So I walked and he followed in car. So it was like, you know, <laughs> I stopped and he gets out with me and comes and he watched me like punch the code in and I've got it thankfully go in and he's like, go find your ID. I was like, okay. And I walked up and it's just Cole Bradley doing work. Cause he had like a real job. I'm like Cole, there's a cop here. And he's like, what? I was like, long story. <laughs> and I went and got my ID, came back. He looked at it and was like, all right, have fun. Stop drinking. Stay safe. Hands me leaves. Go. Thank God. Go up and I pop another one. Because <laughs> I need to win this competition. Right? Yeah, so, I'm proud of the competition. Yeah, so that I mean that's the whole. So I'm like, okay, I got, I got to drink this. So I drink a couple more, and uh, Cole tells people what happened in chat, and they all come back very mad at me, you know. And I'm like, what the heck, like, idiot kind of thing. And they're and then they start saying that I was disqualified from the competition. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I think where show me in the rule book where I can't get pulled over by a cop. <laughs> and so we're basically arguing, and I was like. I did not do all that to lose this competition. Like, I'm sorry, but we, I, so we came to an understanding because the cop didn't know where we were that by the time the competition ending, if our party got busted by any cop, I would be disqualified. I was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know, so we're going and I don't remember what I'm at that point. Nate can't puke and rally. My man, Nate, love him to death. He can drink more than me without puking. He can't puke and rally. So he decides to try puking rally. He goes to bed at about uh, 12. He did 12 yeah. and drank like one or two more or tried to and puked and then went to bed and fell asleep at like eight, nine. You know? He's out. He's <laughs> out. So I'm coasting. It's like 10 o'clock. Nate was asleep at about 12 or 13. Christina was at about 12 or 13. I was at 21, I think. So I was swiping the floor with him. And so, and Christina's like, I want to stop. I was like, Christina, you're tied with Nate. He's asleep. Grab second place. Like, do one more. He's like, all right, I will. So she finishes it. You know, we're done. We're just kind of chilling. It's 11.30 and the cops come. Oh. 11.30 and the cops come. And that cop is there. And comes out and like says, Cobra, like, yeah, I dropped a kid off at this place. Is he good? And he's like, yeah, he's good. He's just an idiot. Kind of thing. So they said, noise complaint. We need to keep our volume down. Which counted as the cops coming. So yeah. I got disqualified. So Christina ended up winning based oh. on default, despite no one thinking she can at a score of 13 because she beat Nate by one and I was disqualified at 21 or whatever I was at. <laughs> so uh, whoever, the, um, people, and then and then I was so drunk. Like that day, I was telling everyone all about getting by the cop and was like looping on it. So yeah. anyone who's there is very annoyed at the story and doesn't want to hear it. So. <laughs> Wait, so how long did it take from, like, the moment you left, like, to get back to the house to when you actually got back to the house? How long was no that? Yeah, It probably wasn't stupid long, 30 minutes maybe. Okay. I don't know. I mean, the I, you know, I wasn't that far away because the cop drove me very quickly. I just was walking in the wrong direction. Yeah. And then I eventually found my phone just sitting on a couch. <laughs> so. That is a wild story. That needed a documentary. That was <laughs> right there. Man, oh, man.
That's a highlight right there. It was, yeah, and that was during COVID Beach Week, too. Yeah. So that was, so in the documentary, I think Brianna references that, makes fun of me getting cops called on the party. So, because that happened, yeah. Yeah. All right, Connolly, it is time for (laughs) Hot Seat. Now, you're not in the the main group yet, but this has been a big debate uh, this year. Which movie is better, Cars 2 or Cars 3? So, I was very set on my answer bef- uh, when I first listened to the podcast and first heard that question. And then I heard everyone's reasonings. It kind of balanced out. I am going to actually go with my original answer, though, of Cars 3 because there, after Frisco, which was on Jack Hughes' story, it was a very miserable night for me for a lot of reasons. Um, I was in a little bit of a sad place, uh, especially financially, because a lot of gambling that occurred that weekend. <laughs> so, so I was in a sad place and was like last semester, you know, and my parents had just gotten Disney Plus. And I was like, oh, bet. I'm just going to curl up with some Disney movies kind of thing. And I'd never watched Cars 2 or 3, and I was already in an emotional state, and Cars 3 just hit me. And like, oh. I think it's a fine movie. Like, it's not, but at the time I watched it the first time, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so upon rewatch it's not as good as it was in that one moment but yeah. but the, the spies didn't hit me in the same emotional vibes that the that car story did at the time fair so yeah. i could see that the emotional effect so one of our other big questions is our homie jack take clutch so i have a lot to say about this question because oh, no. i mean i i been, i was around when jack tate joined the team I'm around when jack tate isn't clutch started and I've also now listened to this podcast and a lot with Jack Tate and Clutch. And first off, I think every one of your guests' definition of Clutch is completely off. <laughs> yes. Well, what's your definition of Clutch? Well, well, Clutch is, you know, being good in the paint, right? Being Clutch is, you know, a couple seconds left, you need to hit the shot. Can you hit it? Right? Yeah. So based on that definition, no, Jack Tate isn't Clutch, right? <laughs> but people's reasonings for yes or no are compl- like, oh, yes, he is Clutch because he's a good guy and gives me free beer. <laughs> That's like, I mean, I guess, oh, that's being clutch, man. Like, I guess, but in the entire time I've known Jack Tate, he only once has he been actually clutch. And it was against me. I know he mentioned it on his yes. podcast, but I'll, I'll tell the story. I'll try not to be super long. But no, go ahead. Long. But he, um, so it was, so my senior year, uh, my three closest friends on the team all had girlfriends. And I didn't, and it was Valentine's Day. I was like, well, who am I going to hang out with? So I call up my best single friend, Jack Hughes. <laughs> and it was like, hey, let's do a Lonely Boys Olympics. Like, let's do this. This is be so fun. He's like, cool. Who do we want? And it was like, it was going to be me, Tate, Alec, um, Hughes, uh, Dominic, Caleb, and then Nick and Nate. And then Nick and Nate told me they were going to bring... Uh, their roommates Richard and Cam but then when I went to drive I drove them from Stonegate we couldn't find parking they decided to go to the bars instead and then Gates ended up coming too so it was so we separated the oldest and youngest with Gates' ref because Gates didn't drink that much at the time so it was me Alec and Hughes against Tate um, Caleb and Dominic Long story short that year my team won in the tiebreaker at the very end I ended up clutching up in flip cup because in my prime, I was the second best football club player on the team with only uh, Tyler Groves in front of me. And we were pretty even. I don't know if you remember the football club tournament at Beach Week. Oh, I remember. Where I ended up winning, yeah. basically, at yeah. the end. We, don't, we won't go to that story. That's another <laughs> long one. Uh, we, we can tell it off camera or something. It doesn't matter. Uh, maybe tonight, 1557 or something. Because uh, yeah. that's yeah. a good story. But it's really only good to me because I, I just look good in it. But, um, but so the next year, we're like, let's run it back. And I was at Wake, and I was like, I'll come back up for it. 
Let's, you know, let's run this one back. But a lot of jokes have been made, rightfully so, that I was washed. The washed king. I was, you know, LeBron's yeah. whole thing. Like, I was the washed king. So I came, and I wasn't playing great that night. It was getting in my head. There's no question. And we, it comes down, just like last time, to the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker, it was seven events. So we, it was three to three. And then the third event, the seventh event was, um, it was three-part event where it was... Uh, civil war between two people and then darts between two people and flip cup for two people and we had always done it flip cup first and I had done this event twice like this whole thing and my team always tied like we were always 3-3 and I always led in flip cup and always we ended up winning like after we won two of those three events so this time Tate's like we know how this is going to go I'm playing flip cup because it was Dominic the year before and Tate's better than Dominic at flip cup or it was at the time and he said alright we're making this a much better match you do, uh, we'll do uh, Civil War first, then darts, and then you versus me flip cup if our teammates can't do it. And I shouldn't have said yes because I was feeling down about myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do it. And I had already lost at that point when I said to myself, I can't do it. And that's how I can beat Tate most of the time is I can do it. He thinks he can't. It was flipped. He knew he would win and I knew I would lose. But we ended up betting uh, my shirt because I had a shirt that said come with the king yeah, on this, yeah, which is yeah. his shirt now because he won it from me but we played it wasn't even close I knew I had no shot so he with the entire game we just played like nine games and it was Tate versus me and he won that was very clutch significantly clutch his clutchest moment probably of his entire life um, <laughs> and that's it in that moment he was extremely clutch. Hughes was Hughes was like I, I've never seen this before and we thought this would turn a new leaf on Jack Hughes, but uh, Jack Tate, but no, he was still on clutch later. But I would say overall, I would love Jack Tate on any athletic team. If I'm playing basketball, so I, wanna, I want him on my team. If we're tied with a minute to go, I want him on the bench. <laughs> every other minute I want him in, but I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. You want him for uh, 47 minutes about that last one. Yeah. Yeah. But now, Connolly, I know you had this friend. Uh, her name was Betty. Mm. And uh, Gates was on his podcast saying he, you had a, quote, shit driving moment. Yep. Uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in the interest of time, I won't tell the entire story because Gates told it. If you go to Gates' podcast, you'll hear. He did a very nice job telling it. Um, and But the slight difference is, yes, Nick, who was my co-pilot, had put on in the air tonight. And it was full volume as much as – Betty's my car, for those who don't know. And – it was blaring, and I do love that song. Now, I was driving, and it was raining, and right before the drum solo, I see a bunch of cars hit their brakes. So I start hitting my brake. I'm paying attention only to the road when the song, bum, 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 bum. But if you look, Nick Slater was taking a video of him singing in the air <coughs> right? And it literally goes, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum, and you hear, oh, fuck. And then, bam, as we crashed. We crashed on beat. <laughs> it was, we, like, I mean, I, at first we were like, oh my god, did we just total this car? Like, we flew it. I was slamming the brakes. We hydroplaned. Yeah. I pulled to the left so we only hit. So, um, if, the, if I was by myself in the car, not listening to the song, would I have avoided it differently? Maybe. But I was paying attention. <laughs> Gates said I was only listening to the song. I was not. I, my, I did have my eyes. and I was. But we did hydroplane. Hydroplaning did happen. Could I have stopped earlier? Maybe. But hydroplaning, I swerved. We smash. Get out. No damage on my car. There was a small crack in her car. So we Betty saved all of us there, but and Nick because he thought he caused the accident, deleted the Snapchat video before, like just pressed X, and then it was like, oh my god, that could have gone viral. 
True. Because like it was yeah. bomb, bomb, bomb. Oh, bop, bang. Like, <laughs> that, oh yeah, that, that would have been a great video. Yeah, yeah that would have been good to keep just for. Yeah. Just for like, but not pose it, but like just save it. Yeah. I understand why Gates and his podcast did say that it was a shit driving moment. It wasn't my best, but I was paying attention. That's that's the only defense I'll give myself. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So you mentioned how you were a social jogger with me. So what was your favorite meet though of all time? This could be cross or track. Favorite meet of all time. Uh Let's see. I'm going to answer this in an awful way because I'm going to give you like four quick highlights instead of one. I don't know if I have a clear answer. The the home meet, the first cross-country home meet uh, my year as president was awesome just because it was successful and Annie Kay was our race director and did amazing. I think we had like five straight home meets that were failures before that. So it was really good to have one. I was very involved and she did an amazing job. So that was nice to see. Um, the executational was the most fun just because it was within. I know you guys did like the... Uh, class like, so, so that's all that's cool so it was that kind of fun vibe i mean we were, we were just competing against each other so that was fun um any unc pembroke meet was fun because they were just a fun group of people and that's when we did like the potato sack relays and such so i don't know i have fun memories from hotel meets in general are fun no no running for me is fun so mm-hmm. i like to just go to the meets and hang out with people as opposed to running so yeah. that doesn't really answer your question but meh close enough well, to add to that, what, what was your favorite uh, social event? Hmm. Franzi is fun but sloppy. Um, I mean, like, I mean, for me, like, I mean, Frisco or West Virginia when we had trips was fun. Uh, but I guess that doesn't really count. Uh, probably Beer Olympics. My team won the first Beer Olympics we had, so that felt good. So, uh, Team Australia, it was me, Tyler Gross, Frank Jackson. Uh, Annie K. Combs, and I think Lexi Everly, um, and that was great. I remember that when we started Beer Olympics that year, like people were trying to find teams, they were trying to make super teams and whatnot. And Frank texted me and was like, "Do you have a team yet? Because I don't think anyone wants me." <laughs> and I was like, "Frank, I'll be your teammate, buddy. Like I got you." And then, and then I basically tried to, I tried to be my general manager self and swung a big trade essentially, where I texted Tyler and was like, "I got Annie K." And then I was like, Tyler. Think how funny it would be if you left the team and all thinks you're on their team and joined us. So like he he completely sabotaged, jumped over. They didn't realize he posted like Benedict Arnold, you know, for those history buffs out there, and no one had any idea. And he switched over, and they're all like hurt. And then I was like, wait, we could like legit win. Like I mean, Tyler's a pretty good drinker, and you know I can play games little. I can't chug, but and so then I go up to Frank. I'm like Frank, we could win, but you can't suck. Like if you're good, we can win. But you're often not good. And people will make fun of you the whole time. So I need you to be good. And apparently, legend has it that he practiced like every single day. I've never seen Frank better at Beer Olympic Games my entire life. He came to play. He was, And then the next year, we kicked him off our team and grabbed someone else. But, um, but we, we, we said that you, have to, you can't sign a free agent after their best year. Like, you want someone else to pay the big money. We were like, Frank, you, you peaked. You're not going to be as good as you are. Like, that was the best we've ever seen you. Which is fair, but... That's so great. Um, last hot seat question I have for you. So you came up recently for spring break during Oof. March Madness weekend. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about it? What happened that weekend? Mm. How much do you remember? Well, it was... I mean, it was a long weekend. Because we came up on Thursday. Yeah. Right? So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday we were there. And it was... Um, my body can't do it anymore. I can't come to JMU at, at that. I mean, tonight I'm here for one night, and it still might be two months for me, but I can't do four-day benders anymore. And 
it was, and the first couple of days, I remember after, so it was Thursday night, drink, Friday, after Friday night, I was so tired, and John, who I hadn't seen in a while, had brought his new roommate, and Joe, who was out, and Joe was like, Alex, like, I was like, I'm tired, guys, I might head back to the hotel, and he's like, Alex, John told me all these great stories about you and drinking and stuff, I wanted to meet you, so, like, you can't go to bed. Like, I need to see what you're made of, and I'm like, oh, so... <laughs> Drink, whatever. When I finally go to bed that night, I'm like, I can't do another day. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, it's one more day, balls to the wall. Balls to the <laughs> wall. And we got up, and it was John, me, Joe, and uh, Tyler, because Grant had just left. And we went to uh, Billy Jack's, got a lot of mimosas, walked back to our hotel, had about five or six fireball shooters each, and then birded over to 1557, in which... Uh, the North Carolina Baylor game was on. Yep. Were you there for that? Oh. Yeah. Yep. How uh, much money did you bet on that one? <laughs> so we were very drunk, and my Tyler and I especially, and I was very confident because I was confident about UNC before the game had started. And then during it, they were up by a ton. And people were like, oh, they're starting to fail. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so confident. Like, how confident? And I did tell Tyler to put a specific money on it that I think should remain disclosed on air. <laughs> Fair if, enough. If people w- wish to ask me, I would happily tell them, or you guys, I don't care if it's spread. I don't want it on recorded evidence. <laughs> but I asked Tyler, I was like, give me this number. And he's like, got you. And I remember Hughes was sober and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it won a very, very little amount. Um, like, it, it would have won, you know, type of thing. Like, let's just say, I mean, this is not the exact numbers, but essentially, if I had bet a 1000 on this bet, I would have won $100 yeah. off of a $1,000 risk. That's how, like, un, like how you know. And I'm like, th- like, there's no risk for me because they're not going to lose. I was that confident they're not yeah. going to lose. Game goes to overtime. There was some stat about how um, they had gone, what, uh, it was like, a 50 to 12 run or something stupid. I don't remember the exact number, but I was too drunk to notice. Goes to overtime. I'm still like, oh, we're winning this. Every other person in the country is like, oh, North Carolina's lost. <laughs> so I would like to think that North Carolina making it to the finals is because of me and Tyler, because the gambling gods actually felt bad for us, and they, <laughs> and they changed the game because they were like, we can't, like, no, like these guys are loyal. Like they give us so much, we can't, we can't take this from them because that would have damn near banged. Like it was, it was. A sum of money I would never, ever, ever wager. I don't know, like, that was just the level. I then, we somehow win. All's good. I'm like, oh, I haven't called my girlfriend all week. I'm going to go call her. And John and I were about to play beer die. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, text me when you're ready. I'm on the phone with her. I'm very drunk. I barely remember what I was saying. And he texts me and he's like, oh, let's play. I was like, okay, cool. Darkness. Don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember a single second of beer die. <laughs> I then remember waking up in a yard. Yes. <laughs> yup. I wake up in a yard and essentially was crawling. My phone kept getting locked down because I couldn't type the password correctly. I would stand up, walk about 10 feet, go back into another yard and fall asleep until I woke up again. I think it was like four hours. You would know better than how long I was gone. Yeah, four you hours. were gone for a while because I remember looking around. I was like, where is Connolly at? Yeah. Like, I think where was, where was this in? Somewhere in Devon, like somewhere in Fox. It was, thank goodness it was spring break because I probably would have the cops call to me. Like, oh, honestly, because yeah. I was just asleep in multiple yards. Yeah. You know, I was Snapchat. Like, once I got my phone open, I like Snapchat. I was asleep in yards. And I looked all, and my friends are like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> are you good? They, Tyler, because he's very drunk, is like, we need to find Connolly. I have his girlfriend's number. Why don't I just ask her where he is? <laughs> like, she would know. So now she's freaking out because I'm missing and like all this stuff. And yeah. it was just. But yeah, spring break was a was a little rough there. But then I but I mean then I, I got all my sleep out by like six o'clock. So 
didn't feel that awful. Went back to bed later. Woke up fine. Drove home. No issue. So <laughs> worked out well, but got very lucky. Very fortunate. It was a weekend. It was, I was putting that mildly. Yeah. yeah. What a time. It was rough. All right. So Connolly, just last couple of questions here for you. So, I mean, when you graduated, when you left JMU, how did you want to be remembered by the team? I mean, I'm, I'm full of myself at times, so I wanted to be thought of. You know, I, I, I tried to ingrain, if you come with the king, you best not miss in everyone's head. So they would think of me as the king kind of thing. But uh, I, I, I didn't really have, like, I just wanted to be remembered in a semi-positive way. Like, I wanted people to remember, I wanted people to tell stories about me, essentially, and laugh and like, oh, this alumni kind of thing. Like, oh, he's a scrub or something, you know. So, which this podcast showed me that it did that. So I'm I'm happy with how my legacy has turned out per se. Even though my name won't be remembered in two years, but you know, <laughs> yeah. And but I mean, it's been talked about on the rundown and off the rundown. Like I've asked who is the best president of all time, and like everybody says, Connolly was the best president. I mean, what does that mean to you to be remembered as the goat GNUXC president? See, I appreciate that, and I'd love to be the goat, no question. I do think that there's a lot of asterisks in the GOAT debate because uh, Amani was an incredible president who uh, was a, not as friendly as I am, and she did amazing things for the team, but she wasn't going to be – and some people some, – there are some people that would definitely be like, oh, Amani was awesome. She's the best, but I was more friends with a lot of people, so that puts me there, and Grant got screwed. I mean, I mean, Grant. Really did. I, I mean, I think Grant. Yeah. I mean, I think Grant did. I think I don't think there's anyone who could have done a better job with COVID than Grant, just because it was so. It's just such an asterisk there. Was Grant didn't get like a full year. I also didn't get a full year to screw up. I only had like eight months. So if I had that extra time, maybe I would have screwed up more. Even so. with COVID for Grant, he was still a really good president. He did well. Like, yeah. He did. Yeah. He was really good. He, he, he like I don't think anyone could have righted this and kept the, the team as live as he did. So he did. He did very very ni- nicely. But you can't really compare him and me, even because of our different situations. So, yeah. so it's so I appreciate being remembered as that, but I do think there's asterisks. So I don't know how Andrew is. I'm sure he's good, but so. You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. You talked about coming around the team as alumni. I mean, what what sort of do you see with this team now when it comes to, like, the execs and things like that? Yeah, it's funny because, like, I, I mean, I listen to this, which is nice for me to keep up with the team. And it's it, – the team is – it's so similar with just different names. Like, every story you guys will share or every kind of thing, it's like, oh – there's this exact same person. I could tell if we did this podcast three years ago, we could have the same people. It's just different. Like it's like everyone kind of fits those same roles and stuff. Like one good episode, people I don't know, uh, the freshman thrower James, I think, James. Great, great episode. My senior year, we had a freshman thrower very similar who was the only thrower, and then COVID happened, and left. You know, so it's like there's always been the role. You know, like uh, two freshman girls who become best friends at JMU kind of thing. Like. Every year, you know, you have like, Gabby, Natalie were that at one point, yeah. like Brittany, Megan, Madison. There's like all these different uh, like tropes we all almost fit. So, and I'll hear like Franzia, and I don't think back on, and it's like, oh yeah, Franzia gets really messy. Yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> and so, so while the people change and like events change and such, there's a lot of very similarities, which is kind of cool to see. All right, everybody, that's going to conclude this episode of the Rundown Podcast. Be sure to stream all of our full episodes on Spotify. Uh, you can watch our YouTube highlight clips, and you can follow us on Instagram at the run underscore down podcast. Alex Connolly, thank you so much for coming on the Rundown. Any final thoughts? Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I hope I didn't ramble too, too long for these people, and I hope <laughs> all the people who don't know me at least laugh or enjoyed some of the stories or you know, maybe some origins of the team – Make more sense now, I guess, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Ben, any final thoughts?
Let's get drunk tonight. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm ready to get drunk. Last Thursday, 1557. But you're not coming, you said, right? I'll be coming later. If um, I come, I'll be later in the night. For, only for a bit, though. Better be. He says, let's get drunk. He's going to a movie. It's mm. kind of sus. Excuses. Hey, whoever, whoever said they couldn't do some things. Mm. All right. That's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. That's the rundown.